The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, seekers, fellow mystics, keepers of the flame. Thank you for tuning in to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Yes. Today, we conclude our series on angels. We've been focusing on angels now for basically the last two months, I think. And uh, today, although I'm not sure I can say we've saved the best for last, because we're (laughs) going to be talking about the fallen angels. Hey! But at the end of the show, we'll probably also visit the concept, the idea of restored angels, something that you probably haven't heard anywhere else. You'll hear it here. Yeah, yeah. So, let's... um, Kind of set the table first by uh, acknowledging that we have been using uh, as our template the Talk with Angels book by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And if you're interested in knowing more about that, you can go to tsl.org slash angels and you. That'll take you right to that book. And if you'd prefer to get a copy of that for your Kindle or your Nook or your other book, you can go to tsl.org slash angels ebook. And take a look. Uh, but I think you'll find these are fascinating books, very definitive as well, and a worth reading. In addition, today we're going to be referring to the Book of Enoch. And I'm going to kind of tease that right now. I won't say more about it. But we've got two books. Um, and I think it's one is Fallen Angels Among Us, which is the um, second book in the series. The other is Origins of Evil. Fallen Angels and the Origins of Evil. Fallen, no. Yeah, Fallen Angels and the and Origins of Evil. That's interesting. That's one of our bestsellers of all time is that book. That's true. Wow. And uh, it's it's all about the fallen angels who we're going to be talking about here in just a moment. But one of the things I wanted to make as a point is that while God created the angels to serve us and to help us to achieve our divine potential and destiny, the fallen angels who left the uh, their, their beautiful heavenly estate and have uh, embodied amongst us are uh, hell-bent, if you don't mind that expression, um, to take us off the path, to create for us and push us down a negative spiral. You know, (laughs) you said something, Tom, that is extremely important, and I don't think you'll hear this very many places on this planet because the fallen ones have done a tremendous job of hiding this fact, and that is that the fallen angels have taken physical embodiment. They just aren't devils in the shadows, as (laughs) many Christians believe, and they're that too, of course, but they have taken physical embodiment and over and over and over again. And um, we're going to be talking about that. And also, how come they're still around? Uh, yeah. I mean, given what they've done, why does God allow them to continue to exactly. exist? And but, but I think if I may, one more thing, sure, Tom. Yeah. This is the most important knowledge that you can have on planet Earth. Because if you don't know this knowledge, you don't know the equation of light and darkness on Earth. 
And like many of our brothers and sisters, they ascribe everything to relative good and relative evil. This is absolute evil that has taken physical embodiment. And it comes in forms that might surprise you, too. We'll talk about that. We will. And uh, this kind of thank you, by the way, for mentioning this. We did do a series, as you may recall, on the strategies of light and darkness. And this is the Fallen One's very ancient, very tattered playbook, but they keep using it because it keeps working. And, and they have a way of uh, escaping their karma, too, don't they? I mean, well, we yes, can talk that's about what that. Yes, karma and dodgers. Yeah, right. they're, they're karma dodgers. In fact, they're very artful dodgers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk a bit about this fallen angel concept, because we know that there was more than one fall, and the angels felt a long time ago. Indeed. So they have their influence has been felt on planet Earth for a very long time, which is unfortunate for us, of course. And they are, again, as I said, they're hell-bent on taking us off the path. You know, I think what's interesting, Tom and Terry, is that Earth has had a series of different evolutions that have embodied. We call them the root races. The first three root races on planet Earth, every single one of the souls ascended from that. It was during after the third root race that Lucifer and the fallen angels fell. And since that time, it's been a almost a catastrophe upon this planet. We have the sinking of Lemuria, we have the sinking of Atlantis, the murder of the Divine Mother on Lemuria, and of course what's happened in the past hundred years on this planet. Um, so they are continuing to, to influence this planet. They are the ones that have you know, caused these horrible, terrible things you see every day. The sons and daughters of God would not do these things. They just wouldn't. And so it's essential we understand that because if you don't understand that there is evil physical embodied on this planet, then you can't understand why there is absolute evil and why we call upon God to challenge that. And I think this is a good point to point out that we don't go out ourselves individually and challenge fallen angels. I mean, right. they, a lot of them have a tremendous momentum from because they had so much light when they fell. The Battle of Armageddon will be fought by Archangel Michael and his legions and all the angels. And don't forget, he kicked them out of heaven once and he could do it again. And um, so we don't go after the fallen angels, but we call to Archangel Michael and Almighty God to go after them because they are harming the little ones of God. And they've done it over and over again. And I think, I don't know, Tom, do you want to talk about why they're still around? Is that? We'll, we'll get to that, I okay. think. For now, I mean, this is great because what we're talking about essentially is an element of our experience on this planet because the fallen angels have infiltrated government, education, religion, financial, you know, Markets, I mean, they're everywhere. And one of the things we've spoken of before, in fact, before the show began today, we kind of revisited this topic. They can be very charismatic. You know, fallen angels are not the devils with the horns and the, and the tails necessarily. These are people who are very erudite, well-educated, well-spoken. They have fine taste. Highly intelligent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they're very accomplished. They're very creative. They're, some of the great entertainers probably would be included in their in their ranks. So you can't automatically assume that you singularly can determine who's a fallen angel and who isn't. And be careful, because if you think somebody is, make the calls, make the prayers, but don't try to take them well, off. What's happened <laughs> is that some of the light bearers have fallen into step with these fallen angels. And they've gotten sort of, they bought their story. Sure. And so they are doing some things the fallen angels would do. And what the fallen angels like to do is they like to get the light bearers to do the really bad things so it's their karma. And oh, not yeah. the fallen angels. And so, again, we don't judge who people are. We don't go on a witch hunt and say, you're a fallen angel. God is the one that determines that. But what we do go after is the vibration of evil and darkness. And we call to Almighty God for his judgment to send upon that. We don't call for the judgment of individuals. We call for the judgment of actions yeah. that are the misuse of God's precious energy. 
And um, so, and I, I, one more thing here is, you know, when we talk about fallen angels and devils and so forth, people understandably get a little nervous, you know. And, yeah. you know, you don't go where angels fear to tread, so to speak, but know that when you have the protection of Archangel Michael, nothing can touch you. Yeah. And um, But you're prudent, like well, we're all prudent. And uh, that's very good to remember because as we have spoken many times, being prepared, being armored in light is essential. And it's something you can do every day. Now, I want to go back to another point, though, and this is very key about fallen angels. They have no light of their own beyond what they attained before they fell. Right. They need your light. They need our light. One of the reasons why we did a series on strategies of light and darkness is because those strategies are geared to rob us of our light. That's a vi- the vampire action, basically using any kind of a hook to get us to get angry, to, to be enraged, or to be sympathetic, any number of hooks they can use. And then the light that we expend going there, they take it. They siphon it off. And that's what allows them to continue to exist. And, and also they uh, they get the, you know, when they create wars, you know, as people are killed, they get that light. Life so, yeah. So you can understand why there's so many wars that just continue and continue and well, continue. Well, it's an interesting thing, too. I know that, Sid, you mentioned this back in another show. They'll even pit themselves against each other to get that light. Huh. Yeah, so. there's, there's no loyalty among fallen Well, you know, in, in, <laughs> in the screw tape, there was by C.S. Lewis, there's a scene where the, the, uh, the fallen, uh, the angels are, the fallen angels are drinking the blood of the Christian martyrs. And that is probably truer than he even thought it was because it was the light of the Christian martyrs that they drink because they get nothing from God. And the same thing with us today. And there's so many subtle ways that they can steal that light from us, from anger, from, you know, people think, well, what's, what's so bad about rock music? The vibration of rock music takes the light from your chakras. Well, and, you know, you mentioned this, so nobody gets any kind of gory afterthought here, that drinking the blood, the blood is the light. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's essentially a metaphor yeah. for the light right. that's within us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, physically speaking, if we talk about the vampire action, we're talking about siphoning light. And actually, you know, the Ascended Masters teach that your consciousness is in your blood. Sure. Well, even Which atoms, is an interesting thought. Even atoms have consciousness. Electrons have consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is a fascinating point. <laughs> I think as we go through today, remember that this knowledge, knowledge is power, understanding the equation of planet Earth. It's, you know, they've been around for a long time, so the fact that you may be just about hearing about them now doesn't really change the fact they've been here for a long time. <laughs> You're still here. We're still here. God is in charge. And I think the ignorance of their presence is their greatest tool. And so people say, well, I don't believe in devils and so forth. You know, and of course, that's what they like. That's exactly what they And so they have kept the book of Enoch, which we're going to be talking about, yeah. out of the Bible, clearly, but it's interesting. I think it's the book of James that refers to Enoch. It refers, yes, book of James refers to, so does the divine revelations of John, I believe. So, you know, this is a book that was not published in English before we came out with the first one, which was on the book of Enoch. And and the primary reason for that was because in the book of Enoch, he talked about embodied angels. Embodied fallen angels, yeah. Embodied fallen angels, and the church father said, no, 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 we can't go there. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> hmm. Not every church father is a fallen angel. There's a lot of wonderful light bearers in the churches, but how do you sort it out? By their fruit shall you know them. By their fruit you shall know. And, and people, the light bearers are a little naive. <laughs> yeah. And they want to believe everybody's got good intentions. And, and we don't want to get, get, you know, think everybody is a fallen angel, but you have to be what? Gentle as a dove. Oh, wise as a serpent. Gentle as a dove. Yeah. Right. So do you understand? I wasn't sure where you're going with that. I got the backwards. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so it, it helps you to discern things, 
And um, once you have the ability to discern things, then you see what's really going on yeah. this planet, how they pit different factions against. In America, we have a great, seemingly a great divide between the red states and the blue states and Republicans and Democrats. It's, that's not the case at all. Uh, quite frankly, there's fallen angels in both parties. Absolutely. And they, they work this divide. That's how they, they, they gain and keep their power. And you know, one of, one of the things that comes to my mind is that one of the things that parents can do is quit dressing their children in outfits of ghouls, skeletons, witches, black magicians, etc. And at Halloween. Good, good luck with that one, dear. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I mean, it's a very subtle thing. You talk, we talk about subtlety. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, wouldn't it be great, though, if we did have a groundswell of people who want to look like elementals? Yeah, I know. Okay, you can be a sylph, Johnny, rather than a ghoul. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. Well, in this general topic of fallen angels and you know recognizing and believing that they are in fact here one of the aspects of the angelic kingdom is that there are many good angels who have embodied on earth as well who have chosen to take embodiment and not necessarily just to be here in embodiment to help us out but to literally go after the fallen angels so when we talk about you know trying to discern the presence of angels you can look at it from both sides of the equation yeah absolutely i know i saw a video once of the training of american pilots and I'm not kidding. They look like they stepped right out of Archangel Michael's band. I mean, <laughs> and of course, if you're from an angelic band, especially Archangel Michael, what better place than to be in the police, the Air Force, the military defending light? Well, and that's a great place for us to take a break yeah. here, too, is talking about Archangel Michael. Because as you said early on in this segment, Sid, when we can be protected and we understand that Archangel Michael is the antecedent, he's the antidote. Absolutely. For the fallen ones and whatever they try to do, call upon Archangel Michael. Help me, help me, help me. As simple as that. And he will be instantly on guard with you, armoring you, protecting you. So I think that's a really, it's a wise thing to do for anybody. Yep. Now, when we return, we're going to hear a lecture excerpt on one of the most important books ever written about fallen angels. And again, we mentioned it before, the book of Enoch. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. 
The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Um, In the book of Enoch, it is revealed that fallen angels have embodied in human form and walk among us, sowing all manner of evil. Here's more. Chapter 42 of the book of Enoch records the departure of wisdom from the earth. Wisdom is the name of the mother. The book of Enoch, it is considered, was written before the time of Jesus. It was once accepted by Jews and Christians alike and later fell into disfavor with theologians because of its controversial statements on the nature and deeds of fallen angels. As you know, I've compiled all the extant Enoch texts into one volume, along with my exegesis on the text in my book. This is the book, and the introduction to it speaks of the disputes in the early church and to the present time on whether or not angels could take embodiment, whether angels who had sinned could be cast down into embodiment, whether the watchers or the Nephilim ever indeed took embodiment. To deny that they have done so is the position of the Catholic Church, and therefore to have any concern about evil incarnate or a warfare of the sons of light with the fallen ones in the physical octave is irrelevant. It is my contention that the prelates of the church were aligned with these fallen ones and it was in their best interest to connive a logic and a theology that could support the denial of angels incarnate. They are not correct and they have by so doing taken from the children of the light the sense of the battle of the mother that we read about yesterday in Hinduism. So this is the simple statement of chapter 42. Wisdom found not a place on earth where she could inhabit. Her dwelling, therefore, is in heaven. Wisdom went forth to dwell among the sons of men, but she obtained not an habitation. Wisdom returned to her place and seated herself in the midst of the angels. But iniquity went forth after her return, who unwillingly found inhabitation and resided among them as rain in the desert and as a dew in a thirsty land. Iniquity is the counterfeit of the Divine Mother. And so iniquity took up the vacuum of the mother's absence. 
The fallen angels would not allow the Divine Mother in the earth, nor would they allow her sons, and this is corroborated in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. Whenever the mother is in the earth, there is a warfare of the fallen angels against her and against her seed. And therefore they went forth to make war against the woman and her seed. And that is happening to the present hour until the hour of their judgment is come, which is the present hour when they can no longer keep the mother flame from abiding in the hearts of her children or the mother from being on earth. We are seeing a dawn of a new age, and it is the age of the Divine Mother Omega. It is the age of the Mother Venus, of Mother Mary and Kuan Yin. It's the age of the feminine ray, the ray of the woman clothed with a sun who brings forth in the earth the Divine Man-Child. The Divine Man-Child is the Christ consciousness of each one. So how did iniquity unwillingly find inhabitation because iniquity itself has no volition. It has no volition from God. And so as iniquity came personified in the fallen angels, it resided among the people of earth as rain in the desert, which means the earth absorbed the iniquity as dew in a thirsty land. The thirsty land absorbed the vibration of iniquity until it permeated the very atoms of the planetary home. Iniquity is an outlook, a viewpoint of life, a position in life that is distinguished as the exact opposite of the manifestation of the Divine Mother. And that viewpoint dominates philosophy, it dominates moral society, social interchanges to this very day. And we have become very accustomed to this anti-mother way of thinking and anti-mother way of behavior. How many of you are familiar with this teaching from the second book of Adam and Eve? I would like to read it to you because none of us have read it very recently, I would think. And it focuses on the conspiracy of the fallen angels who sat in council and determined as to how they would take the children of the light from the mother. And they did it by the misuse of the sacred fire of the mother in sound and in rhythm and in beat. And they found in the misuse of the light of the mother, that they could cause the disassociation of electrons from their atoms and of atoms from molecules, truly the disintegration of a world. And this misuse of the science of sound, the science of vak, the word, is what has caused the sinking of continents and the disintegration of civilization. We have seen that rock music today that goes all the way back to this time, which is a description of a period on Atlantis. Rock music has been with us all of this time and has been the open door to drugs and to all misuses of the sacred fire. So if we would see a turning around of the world, when we have our sessions here in the court and when we have time to decree between lectures, we should really be working 
with a dweller on the threshold of the last days of Lemuria and the last days of Atlantis, where you see this misuse of the sacred fire and the misuse of the word. So I would like you to see how the fallen ones work and work and work against the children of the light to finally pull them away from the love of the mother. This takes a great deal because there is a tremendous bond between the mother and the children of the light. This was the goal of Satan by the misuse of the science of sound to cause this mingling of the souls of great light. And the seed of Cain lusted after them because they had spent their light and they needed a light transfusion. And by curiosity, by sound itself, which is highly hypnotic and manipulative as you know, you can barely resist a rock beat and rock music if you are in the middle of it. And so it pulls the energy down, down to the lower chakras, creates the desire, and then this went on continually, as it says, for an entire year, and they descended. So this is the great tragedy of planet Earth. The mystical interpretation of this is that the holy mountain of God is the crown chakra. And going down into the valley with the Canaanites and with the sons and daughters of Cain is going to the base chakra in the sense of letting that energy and that light drop. So the place of salvation, which is in the middle of the earth, you can see as the heart chakra, the point of the heart chakra, wherever this middle of the earth may be. It is for the restoration of the sons of Jared, who are the descendants of Seth. And Seth is the son which was given to Adam and Eve after Cain slew Abel. And Seth is the great archetypal one who is the Christ and the Christ-bearer. And he was an incarnation of Jesus. And therefore, introduced through him, was the seed of Christ. And yet that seed, that genetic code of the sons of God, was compromised. So we understand that Jesus came to gather the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the house of reality, those souls who were on the mountain and were lost because they allowed themselves to be lured away from God through disobedience. The four o'clock line of disobedience, stubbornness, rebellion, and defiance of the law is the line on which Satan fell, and it is that rebellion that Satan uses and his seed, the seed of Satan, used to this day to take the soul away from the path. Lucifer fell on the three o'clock line, and his trappings and temptations are more sophisticated because they always appeal to the pride of the individual. Wherever that pride might be focused, they appeal to that pride. 
So by pride and by rebellion, these are the principal means and ways by which we lose the Tao, we lose the Divine Mother, we lose the tie to the mighty I Am Presence. It is the hour for the restoration. Think of how long this has been, at least 12,000 years. Think how the momentum of these children has continued in these ways until they are doing the very same things today that they did at the bottom of the mountain with Cain's children. The habituation of the misuse of the sacred fire, directing it downward in the temple, in this rock beat, and with drugs, and then with all of the trappings of style and makeup and clothing that is alluring and that adorns the body. You see what has to be reversed and turned around, minimum of 12,000 years momentum engaged in these practices. This is why we need the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because when we accept him, he saves us from the pull of the senses and the lusts of the world and the lusts of the eye. He saves us and carries us and provides his electronic presence to seal us from that magnetism. And he delivers us to a holy place such as this where we can be healed in our souls and in our bodies, learn the path and use the tools of the path to regain that momentum of light that was lost that will protect us when once again we will have to face the very same temptations of the fallen one. And this is why the Bible says that Satan must come again in so many hundreds or in a thousand years, depending on how your interpretation of the years in Revelation is. So he comes again, and his seed comes again, because Satan is no more. But they come again because the children of the light who fail the test, who are saved by Jesus, many of them will have to reincarnate to come to the place where they were when they were on the mountain of God, and this time they must say no. And this is the plight of the children of the mother on the earth. And we are here in this interim period to set forth the law and the traditions that are the true traditions of Seth and of Enoch and of Jared and of Noah and Methuselah and Lamech. And it is our desire to see these traditions be continuous generation after generation until the day comes when in order for them to have their ascension, they must stand, face, and conquer as we are doing today. So you can see how long God sets forth a mighty preparation to save his children and how long-term are his plans and how there is weeping in heaven today because the children of the mother have gone in this way. And there are many, many, many light-bearers among them. Coming up, why does it seem that fallen angels are escaping their judgment and their karma? Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks, everyone, for staying with us. Today, we are concluding our series on angels. And today, in particular, we're talking about the fallen angels in in a few minutes, perhaps even the restored angels. But We'll save that for later. But then fallen angels may appear to dodge their karma. But this ain't necessarily so. Listen to this. At this moment in the history of the world, the thing that we note in our observation is that the godless die their flesh disintegrates, and yet somehow they escape judgment, and some of them keep re-embodying. One cannot help but notice that the wicked continue in their evil ways, and they seem not to bear any karma for their evil deeds. Their spirits depart from their bodies, their flesh is without judgment, and in this manner they continue to die until the day of the great consummation of the great world. At that time, a destruction will take place of the watchers and the impious, which is of their spirits gone forth from their bodies. We know that in the day of the final judgment, the judgment is not of the flesh, because the flesh is not the evildoer, it is the instrument of the work of evil. There appears then to be almost 
a staying action of the Lord against the immediate judgment of the fallen ones. While the sons of God are chastened daily for any of their misdeeds, the fallen ones have their karma piled up until the final day of judgment. This seems to be the prophecy of the book of Enoch, and it seems to be our observation. Thus it is prophesied that they will continue to thus destroy until the day of the great consummation of the great world, the sacred fire consuming all unlike the Almighty, the great inbreath of the worlds, when the watchers and the godless are judged. Somehow it appears that God has ordained that none of them should be judged until the end of their cycle. It is as though they had leave from the Almighty to be the scourge of hell against mankind who made themselves vulnerable to these fallen ones by having disobeyed the laws of God. And in those days, that is in the final days, will the angels return and hurl themselves upon the east, which is the Middle East, to stir up kings and provoke them in a spirit of unrest, and they will march up to and tread underfoot the land of his elect ones, which is the Holy Land, Palestine, Jerusalem, Israel. They will begin to fight amongst themselves till the number of corpses through their slaughter is beyond count, and their punishment be no idle one. The prophecy ancient of Enoch is so timely that it could not even be brought to this community one day later in this very week. It is such an imminent prophecy. Note that the author of the book of Enoch does not reject the possibility that these angels called watchers had incarnated among men after the flood. The same is true regarding the incarnation of demons. Both possibilities seem to be admissible from the book's cosmological perspective. The reason we make such a point of this teaching is that it was fought furiously and with great intensity by the church fathers. They did not wish to admit that fallen angels roam the earth in bodies of flesh and blood, similar but not like those of the children of light. The main theme of the Book of Enoch is the final judgment of these fallen angels, the watchers and their progeny, the evil spirits. But several other scenarios are also noteworthy. In one early chapter of the book, Enoch himself is sent to the watchers to convey God's message that they shall have neither peace nor forgiveness on account of their sins against him. You will recall the words of Jesus Christ that the sin against the Holy Ghost cannot be forgiven. Could their sin be that of which Jesus spoke? The watchers, terrified and trembling, beseech Enoch to petition God on their behalf, which Enoch does. God's judgment against the watchers prevails. Nevermore shall you ascend into heaven. The author of the book also describes in powerful majesty and moving praise certain visions of heaven given to him. He writes of his instruction from the archangels regarding the awesome judgment 
of the fallen ones before God's throne. He delivers three heavenly parables or similitudes describing the glories of the kingdom and the ineffable ancient of days and the son of man who it is said shall bring the final judgment upon the wicked of the earth. The son of man shall bring the final judgment upon the wicked. The son of the manifestation. Son of God is the pure and perfect Christ of us all. Son of man is the manifestation when our soul becomes the fullness of that Christ in manifestation. This is a very profound teaching which is reinforced by Jesus Christ at the Last Supper when he tells his apostles that they shall judge the twelve tribes and judge the angels. The word fallen is omitted from that scripture. They shall judge the fallen angels. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You know how those wolves in sheep's clothing at the pulpits of the world threaten the children of the light with hellfire and damnation if they are sinners? But the Lord reserved this for the fallen angels and not for the children of the light. And yet, those who are the seed of God are taught to fear hellfire and damnation. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The Lord God Almighty never prophesied for the children of the light this damnation. Jesus taught the parable of the tares of the field. And he explained it to his disciples. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The good seed have the seed of Christos, which is even recorded genetically in the DNA code and in the blood and in the cells. The enemy that sowed these tares is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. The devil, according to Jesus Christ, sowed his seed, his offspring, the offspring of his deified evil, the offspring of the watchers, in the very midst of the light bearers. Therefore, in the end of the world, the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Yes, indeed. <laughs> wow. And there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth because the bill is coming due. For the fallen ones. Indeed, yeah. You know, a couple of quick points here I wanted to clean up. One of them was um, something that Terry said in an earlier segment, and I kind of laughed it off, and I didn't really mean to dismiss well, talking about okay. Halloween. Yeah. Talking about, you know, parents teaching their children not to <clears throat> to uh, look like little devils. And when you hear Mrs. Prophet refer to evil and devils as deified evil, you realize that there's a cult of death. 
Yeah. It literally, and you, you, you hearken back to the temptation in the Garden of Eden, we'll eat of the tree of life and you shall surely not die. But in fact, it's the other way around. And I think that it's just a point to be made here that evil has a shelf life. <laughs> Sometimes longer than we'd like. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we've all said, you know, why are they still here? I mean, yeah. you look at the heinous, the crimes beyond description, the problems have perpetrated against the light bearers on this planet. Why are they still here? Well, I think it's a combination of things. First of all, it's free will. Okay, people have free will to do what they want. God doesn't stop Hitler from doing what he did. Uh, we had to stop him, so to speak, with God's help. And so we understand that these fallen angels, and especially Lucifer, Lucifer was next to God. I mean, he was right up there, and he considered himself co-equal with God, and that was the pride that caused him to fall. Well, when you have that much light, even when you're cut off, your half-life is a very, very long time in terms of years and so forth. And so Lucifer could not be judged, so to speak, until he had gone past, he had used up more than 50% of the light that he had. And that took... In some cases, I think millions of years, we understand, it took that long, even though, quote-unquote, it's a short time in the Bible. And so we understand that's why these, so, these fallen ones are allowed to go on and on. It's interesting that many times the fallen ones in their last embodiment will live to a very old age. And this is the mercy of God. They've given every opportunity to repent and turn back to God. But, of course, they don't do it. Yeah, indeed. Well, and, you know, we're going to go to break here in just a moment. But before we do... Um, and again, this is something you can find out more about if you look at the book, Talk with Angels. I think it's in there, but it's certainly in The Fallen Angels Among Us. It says, Satan and Lucifer have both gone to the second death. So that when we talk about having angels not apparently getting their karmic return or their judgment, it's not entirely true because some of them already have. Right. And the other thing is the watchers. Now, the watchers are part of the elite of the fallen ones. There's approximately 200 of them who, who we just heard have said, you will not ascend. But some of their followers, some of the angels have followed them because angels and many of their sexual followers have that choice. So when we return, have there been fallen angels who have repented and been restored to the path of service in Christ consciousness? We'll talk about that in just a moment, back after a short break. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. 
Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back for one final segment on today's show. We're talking about the fallen angels. And I hope that, in fact, we have saved the best for last because the question has arisen on numerous occasions about the fallen angels and whether or not they have the choice or the chance or the option to repent and be restored. Now, we know from what little we have gained in terms of knowledge, there's been a couple of dictations by Archangel Uriel, for example, where he says he did give some of his followers who did fall the chance to bend the knee and return. But I don't know if we have any proof, actually, of restored angels, but we do know that some have been indeed restored. That's my understanding, and we don't know the numbers, but unfortunately, from what we've been told, it's very few. Very few, yeah. Because what happens is, for any of us, when we build a momentum of doing something, it's very hard to break that, break that momentum, whether for good or for evil. And so, if, for some of the angels that fell, they've, they've been part of the evil for so long, it's very hard for them to see the truth and to turn around. But there has been opportunity for these individuals. And for many, there will continue to be opportunity. But again, it's a matter of free will choice. And of course, if they do turn, they have a karma that has to be balanced and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to make a comment here that's important because uh, understanding our role in the scheme of things, the sons and daughters of God have been guilty, so to speak, of relative evil. Yes. They've made mistakes. Yeah. They've, they've created karma. They've, quote, unquote, sinned. And, and we know the masters don't teach original sin, but each one of us has sinned. That doesn't align us with the fallen ones. It, it aligns us with some of their deeds, so to speak. But there is an absolute evil in many of these fallen ones that is incomprehensible to the light bearers. So if you've made mistakes, and I don't think there's too many people in our listening audience that haven't made mistakes, including in this room right here, I can tell you. <laughs> and probably in the next 15 minutes, we'll make another one. That's not what God looks like. God looks at the purity and the light of your heart and the presence of the Christ within you. So don't identify with the fallen ones. And if you've done things you regret in this or other embodiments, bend the knee, ask for forgiveness. Say, God, I'm going to take accountability for this, and I'm coming home. That's all it takes. And and we have lots of shows about how to balance your karma and do that. But don't be sucked into the same place as, as, as the devils and the fallen angels. You know, they try to create sympathy for them. Oh, we're just, you know, we were cast out of heaven. We really got a raw deal. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. it was that sympathy that caused them to, to say, well, to Enoch, well, can't you go back and see if you can yeah, strike on, a better we, deal? We've gotten a bum deal. Yeah. And, you know, talking <laughs> about rock musicians, um, I'm sure many of you have heard of the album by the Rolling Stones called Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, my God. And I'll yeah. let you make your own judgments on that title <laughs> and the individuals behind it. Yeah. But one more thing, and then I, I meant, promise to be quiet. We have received the <laughs> teachings that many of those that misused uh, music on, on Atlantis <clears throat> – have not been allowed in embodiment until this hour because they had to give one final chance mm-hmm. before to, to fix what they did wrong. And, of course, many of the rock musicians today that have embodied, and not all because there are light bearers among them too, were fallen ones from Atlantis, and this is their final opportunity. Yeah. You, know, you, you made a point a moment ago, and I thought it's fascinating that in the last embodiment for many of them, they'll live a long time, and it extends the idea of God's mercy yeah. that despite all of the evil they have done, with the, uh, the exception of a few like the Watchers, there's still an opportunity. They're still held out this olive branch of mercy and forgiveness if they only accept it. And you would think some of them have to at least go, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just turn around and I'm going to go back. And no matter how long it takes but me. But they have become the hatred of God. Exactly. That's I, all that's there. There's no light there. And so there's nothing to be redeemed for some of them. And Lucifer, when he went to his final judgment, it was with the clenched fist. And that's why, unfortunately, that symbol of the clenched fist 
has been taken on by many of the light bearers, and it's not one we want to use. You know, I wanted to, um, I mentioned Archangel Uriel just a moment ago, and there was a dictation from all the way back in 1974 where it spoke about his um, giving this opportunity for the, for the follow ones, the rebellious ones who were given a year to bend the knee and confess the Christ. And apparently there were a few that did. Yeah. According to this um, dictation, at least, there were some. So we know that not all of them are completely without hope, um, but they do get mercy and forgiveness extended again and again and again until judgment is inevitable. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is the light bearers, as Mrs. Prophet mentioned, get their karma a lot of times. That's why, you know, the good die young, so to speak, <laughs> because the karma is on them. So it doesn't build up. You know, and that's the mercy and grace of God. It doesn't build up like it does for the fallen ones. And by the way, the fallen ones can be stripped of their power and their ability to get evil, commit evil. In other words, we don't have to stand by and watch as they play out their scene. By calling to Archangel Michael, the Ascended Masters, the angels, you can call for these fallen ones to be stripped of their ability to commit evil. Well, and the appearance of evil has no power. Except that which we give it. Yeah. And if you're happening on the receiving end, it does feel very real, I can yeah. assure you. But in other words, as sons and daughters of God, Mr. Prop mentioned, it, we will judge, you know, the fallen ones. And what we do is we call to Almighty God and the angels for the judgment of behavior and action and this darkness. God is the judge of the individual, but we call for the judgment of the darkness manifest in these people. And for the light bearers, that's a mercy because it separates you from the darkness. And so, and oh, I got to add one more thing here, and that is, <laughs> for those of you that fear the judgment, you know what the judgment is? It's love. <laughs> love is the judgment, and that's what God sends forth for the judgment. And they become so anti-love that there's nothing in them that can respond to that love. So the judgment is pure love. Pure and, love. You know, let me let me just bring up the point that for those of you out there that really know that we are in Aquarius and we are out of Pisces and this is a golden age and we're under the hierarchy of beloved St. Germain and, and and you feel like there's something you want to do about it. I want to advertise for the Keepers of the Flame fraternity because you can become a Keeper of the Flame. You can have a greater understanding. You can have a commitment, a personal commitment to St. Germain to do something about this evil that we see uh, spreading over the earth because in a sense it's it's almost a good sign because we are at the total end and and these a lot of these fallen ones are at the total end of their timeline and so get on board and you can do something about it as and, a keeper you, of the flame. And you also receive a sponsorship from St. Germain. That's right. And remember, God is the doer. We're not the ones, I can assure you, I don't have the attainment to go after the attainment of some of these fallen ones, but God does. But we can be, you know, this this riles up the fallen ones. They look down at us as being, you know, country bumpkins, so to speak, because yep. they're the intellect, the pride, and so forth. And it just galls them that we have become the instrument of their judgment. <laughs> They yeah, don't like that at all. got to hate that. <laughs> Thomas More said the devil is a proud spirit, right? And hates to have us laugh at him, right? will not be mocked. He'll yeah. not be mocked. So they're, they're, you are careful in dealing with the energy, but it's, they're not God. No, indeed. And, you know, if you go to TSL.org and just enter in the search bar, Keepers of the Flame, you'll find everything you need there to explain what it is and it goes into detail. And you have the option, if you wish, of getting a free lesson in the digital Keepers of the Flame lessons. And you'll really enjoy it. It's it's very it's full of 
audios and videos and supporting material. It's really pretty fun. And you know, Tom, this has been a wonderful series. We're we're tying up tying the ribbon on on this. Yeah, uh, we are angels and you. But uh, thank you for putting all this together because it's given us a great opportunity to really reach our brothers and sisters out there and explain a lot of very important things. Indeed, and I think that's a really good note, Terry, to kind of wrap this with a bow, and that is to say again that the angels were created to help us to achieve our divine potential and destiny. Yeah. So that's why we talk about angels, that's why we love them, that's why they love us. So again, I wanted to remind people who might be interested in taking a deeper look at this, that Talk with Angels is available through our own bookstore here at tsl.org or it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, wherever you basically purchase your books, you can find this or order it. But if you want to take a look at it, go to tsl.org slash angels and you. If you look at the digital version of this, you can go to tsl.org slash angels ebook. Either way, you'll get there, you get to the content. Talk with Angels is a wonderful book. It opens the door to a vast realm, a universe of angelic wisdom, comfort, forgiveness, mercy, help, everything that we could really want from them. It's there for our, as long as we ask for it, mm-hmm. as long as we make the call. So, brothers. If you want to talk to us electronically, <laughs> yes. we are at tsl.org. Web? <laughs> Web radio at tsl.org. you have only done it a thousand times. I know. <laughs> Web radio at tsl.org. Do it again. <laughs> Web radio at tsl.org. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> and thank you all for tuning into this, for listening to us, and for all those who you think might be, you know, receive this uh, information. Uh, tell them about it. Uh, we're at, of course, the uh, empowerment channel now, but uh, we're the uh, open door. Anyway, so we like to say uh, the upward path may sometimes be difficult. The rewards are, are out, out of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.